Good evening. We're continuing this series about the Talmud. It's number 17 today. And uh, we are in the Gemara in Masechet Ta'anit. Uh, we started to speak about when the nation of Israel are in a sorrow and pain, every Jew must participate and not run away to eat and drink at home. The Gemara says if a person does it, he will see the salvation of the public. If he cares about, if he's egoistic, when the salvation comes, he would not participate. Which means, when the temple will be rebuilt, if we have to be resurrected, if we didn't care about the temple, when everybody sat and cried for the temple, we won't be there. Etc., etc., many other examples. I will continue from here. We learned it from Moshe, that Moshe could sit on a pillow, but he sat on a rock. Why? Because the Jews were fighting. And he was a very old person, and he's not comfortable to sit on a rock for a few hours. Moshe said that my children, my brothers are suffering, I cannot sit comfortably. And, uh, you know, they were, he was picking up his hand, and they were winning the war, etc., etc. We continue. The Gemara continues, and the Gemara says, there used to be a guy called Turianus. Turianus. He wanted to kill Lulianus. You're wondering, what kind of names is this? Turianus, the Goy, wants to kill Lulianus and Papus, the Jews. Apparently, not only today you have Jews that their name is John and Chris. I met few like this. I, I know few Jews that their last name is Smith. I don't know where it came from. Smith, their last name. Because in America, they always write Mr. Smith. They know it's an American Goyish name. No. In the old days, people were calling themselves also a secular name. His name was Yosef. Like today, Joe, Joey. Every Syrian boy from Brooklyn that his name is Joey, it's Yosef. Joe, Joey, Yosef. Yeah, they made themselves all kinds of names. Guys named Ziv, he called himself Matthew. A guy, you know, his name is David, he became David. No, that's a similar a little bit. But some people, Peter, all kinds of names. No. Torianus wants to kill Ulianus and Papus, brothers, in a place called Lutkia. Maybe it's Lud by the airport, I don't know, Lutkia. He told them, you are Jews. You are from the nation of Hanania, Mishael, and Azariah. Let's see how God makes the same miracle to you like he did to those three righteous ones. How they threw them in the, into the fire, and they got saved from the fire, from the furnace. Let's see, he does the same thing to you. Who threw them into the fire? Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, 2,600 years ago, the one who destroyed the first temple. They told him, they told that Goy, is a Roman Goy, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, they were perfect, righteous people, complete. And they deserve to have a clear miracle in public. And Nebuchadnezzar was a king that Hashem chose that the miracle will be through him. But you are an idiot. And you don't deserve that a miracle like this will happen through you. For this, you also need a merit. When you're wicked, two wicked people, and Hashem wants to make 
a miracle to the righteous person that is suffering from a wicked person, which case will be published? It's supervised. If this wicked or this wicked, Hashem decide which one will make the miracle all over. For instance, when I had this debate with this priest, there's thousands of priests, but Hashem wanted him to be the one that he came through him for whatever reason. We don't know all the reasons. When something like this happened, for good or for bad, Hashem picks very carefully who he wants to be the actor in that scenario. So he told, they told him, you don't deserve that through what you're going to kill me. You see, you're coming to kill us, we two brothers. We don't deserve to have such miracle, that's one problem. But even if we deserved, you don't deserve to be in history, like for instance, Haman. Haman, Haman wants to kill all the Jews. The Gemara asks, how is it possible that the grandchildren of Haman had the merit to convert and learn Torah in Bnei Brak? That's what the Gemara says. The grandchildren of Haman yoshvim velomdim Torah be Bnei Brak. The Gemara asks, how can it be? It's like Hitler. His grandchildren converted? So the answer is, because he got the Jews so scared to die, they all became religious. They, be, they made tshuva, they, they fast, they put ashes on their head, they pray all day in, in, in the city of Shushan. No one ever remembered that all the Jews together got united and made such a tshuva. So thanks to that, Hashem gave him a prize. His grand-grandchildren will become... The Gemara also say, does Korach eventually go out, goes out of hell and goes to heaven, or he will stay there forever? He goes up to heaven. So the Gemara say, eventually he will come out of there. Why? Because every person that learns the Torah learn very good things from Korach. Learn not to be proud with high ego. Not to make machloket, not to fight with tzaddikim, not to make uh, politics, arguments, lashonara, because they see what happened to Korach and his 250 partners, how they got swallowed alive with everything they owned, got like an earthquake. The land opened up, psh, they all fell to heaven alive. But his two ch children got saved. They make tshuva before the, the, the earth opened up, they stopped. They didn't get killed. Bnei Korach lo metu, the Gemara says. But, Torah says, but since so many Jews correct their ways thanks to the story of Korach, even though he meant bad, he came to argue with Moshe, to fight with Moshe. But since so many people learn Musar and repentance from your case, eventually it has to help you. Even this is calculated by Hashem. Look how precise is the punishment. With Yosef, we saw last parasha, 12 years he's in prison. Eight, 10 years he was supposed to be, to begin with. That was his punishment. And then he got two more years because he asked the Sarah Mashkim to, not to forget him. Hey, do me a favor, buddy. Hey, Chris, do me a favor, buddy. Remember me, I'm here alone. Nobody, I have no family. When you go, talk to the judge for me. What is the big deal? Why not? I'm buried here alone. Yeah, I believe in Hashem. I pray every day. But what's the, what's the crime to ask a guy to help me? If he has connection, no? He's going out to the, to the king Pharaoh. Maybe he can throw a word and get me out of here. Hashem said to your level, Yosef, to an ordinary person, it's no problem. You can try. 
for your level, it's to ask this guy, this wicked one that is himself in jail to protect you, it's a lack of emuna. Two more years punishment. But when his time came to go out, what does the Torah say? All of a sudden, he sits in his jail. They run, quick, quick, get up, Maher, shave him, clean him, blah, 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 fix his beard, haircut, this, quickly, get dressed, run. Started to run to Paro. Why? When your time came to be a king, even a minute delay is not accepted. Nobody can, nobody can do anything. That's what David Amelech he said to Hashem, tell me what day of the week I'll die. Hashem said, I don't tell people they're dead because it will eliminate their free choice. So David said, okay, at least tell me the day of the week. Not what date, but what day of the week. I told him, you're going to die on Shabbat. David Amelech said, oi vei, Shabbat dafka? Shabbat, people have to, part- to make the arrangements for me on Shabbat. I'll be dead, mukze. Make me die on Sunday. Give me another day. Say, so I can't, because the time for your son's kingdom already arrived. That Motzei Shabbat cannot keep you alive. If you're still alive, you cannot be a king. It's not respect in your life. He will be a king while you're still alive. The time for your son to be a king arrived that day already. I cannot keep you alive one more day. So say, okay, kill me on Friday. He said, what? You want to lose the day of your life? Do you know how important for me is every day that you're alive? One day that you are alive learning Torah is better for me than 1,000 sacrifices that your son will sacrifice for me in a temple. One day for you, and you want me to shorten your life by one day? He lived 70 years. What's the big deal one day? Everything is calculated. So they say to him, hey, you don't deserve that the miracle will come for you. And said, so if you're going to kill us, there are many birds, many lions, maybe tiger, many tigers that can kill us also. And Hashem put us in your hand. With or without you, we will die. You're not, you're not going to decide if we're going to die or not. If we are in your hand, that means our time to die arrived. If you wouldn't be you, it would be a bear. Big deal. What's the difference? The different, different pain? No. But the difference is that if a bear kills us, he's not guilty. That's nature. He's hungry. He comes to kill. Instinct. If you're going to kill us, oh, 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 how many punishments you're going to get for it? Because you choose to kill. That's the difference. And that's the answers to people who say, if God brought us the Holocaust, what does he want from the Nazis? They only fulfilled his uh, plan. No, no, no. They chose to kill, and Hashem agree with the plan. If they wouldn't kill, Hashem will kill us in a different ways, of course. But they wanted to kill. There was a test for them. They could have overcome the test and said, no, no, we hate the Jews, but we won't kill them. We'll, we'll kick them out of Germany. We'll kick them somewhere. we put them in the ocean. I don't know. But we're not, we're not going to touch them. We're not murderers. So what would happen? Hashem would send us some kind of a disease and kill us. It's no problem. Epidemic. Here today, cancer. Every family has at least one patient that has cancer. Every family. It's getting worse by the minute. Many other problems. 
Today I saw an interesting picture that someone sent me an email today. I can show it to you after the lecture. Of two lions, uh, two uh, leopards next to a baby deer taking care of him. Don't eat him. And he said that this photographer, Goy, that took that picture, he was very excited that he was able to take those pictures, how these two leopards are protecting the baby deer. And he says, here is a proof that the animals attack only when they're hungry. They were full. They didn't touch him. They have harmony between them. Two hours later, they get hungry. They eat him. What do you think? So who is worse, the animals or us? When we kill, why are we killed? Because we're hungry? No, because we have ego, anger, pride, prestige. He disrespects me. He stole from me. All kinds of nonsense. Still have what to eat. I still have a nice car. Why am I killing him? Because I think I'm better. Because he's a pin in the neck in my life. Because I want to make supposedly my life better. Or I have no emunah. I don't understand that God is watching. The animals are not guilty when they kill. We are guilty for one word of Lashon Ara. We're very guilty. So the Gemara continues. Amar Anai. Oh, so in the end, I'm sorry. That just to finish the story, the Gemara, so what happened with this guy? He killed them anyway. All this beautiful speech didn't help to bring some irat shamayim to him, no. The Gemara say he didn't move from that place and duply, miromi, romi, it's rom, came a bunch of people and attacked him for whatever reason and make holes in his brain with a sword. Patsuat mochobek zirim. Zirim, it means wood that you sharpen the edge. It's like a bone and arrow. Hop, went right into his brain and he died on the spot. You know, in a, there's a Jew here in Queens. He should be 95 years old if he's still alive. Maybe 10 years ago, when I heard about him, you know, he, all his family died in the Holocaust, but he got saved. How did he get saved? He used to sing and dance all the time. Everyone was crying in the press, and he was all day singing, Hashem, Hashem, singing, praying, not giving up his mood. The Nazi got very disturbed by him. You know, it's disturbing me with all this singing in Hebrew. I told him, if you don't be quiet, I'll kill you. He said, very good, kill me. Send me to heaven, very good. Like asking his death. The, the soldier, you know, he cannot do whatever he wants. He, he gets on his nerve. So then one time he lost his temper. He said, okay, listen, not only I'm going to kill you, I'll bury you alive. He said, very good, no problem. He said, take the shovel and start digging your grave. So he's digging and singing. It gets the German even more angry. So what happened now? He told him, take your clothes off to humiliate him even more. So he took his clothes off. He's naked, but he has the tzitzit left. The German saw the tzitzit. He said, take this off also. He said, no, 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 this one I don't take off. What do you care? You don't have no underwear, no t-shirt, no nothing. Just take it off. Said, no, this one I'm not taking off. He said, I'll kill you right away. Kill me? What the, what's the difference? You think I'm scared of death here? My soul goes to heaven. I'm not worried. Continue to sink, digging. 
So he said, what is this anyway, that you insist so much not to take it off, these few strings? So he said, no, this on me because my creator told me to put it on in the Torah. The same creator that told me to put it on wrote in the same Torah that murderers like you will be burned in hell forever. You're going to pay for it big time. This I take with me. That's my witness. See, I don't take it off. Now all the Jews are standing and watching this debate between this Jew and, two, and this soldier. So he's thinking, he got scared. The German got scared. He started to think in his head, maybe there is 1% chance that this Jew is right. What am I gaining by killing him? What's the point? Maybe he's right, maybe I'll pay for it. So you know, he, now on the other hand, his ego, everyone is watching. <laughs> Look, the Jew won the argument. Ah, you're crazy. Don't deserve the bullet. Just get dressed and get out of here. <laughs> and left him alone. He came to America, got remarried, all his children, Rabbanim, in Yeshivot, in Borough Park, in Khatam Sofer. A whole from family he established. Emunah in Hashem. Ah, big deal. You kill me, you kill me. I'm not afraid. I always say to people, we should not be afraid of death. We should afraid what comes right after. Death itself can be the greatest thing for us. Person that suffer here, but he's righteous. He dies. He goes to heaven. He begins to cash on his rewards. What's the problem? Who wants to be here anyway? Big deal to be here. Traffic, problem, people, all the lie, all the phony lifestyle. What for? The only thing is a person sits and learns Torah, he's already in heaven in this world. Connected to the Torah, you see the light on his face, see right away, this person is already in heaven, so there's really no difference. The Gaon in Vilna, the Vilna Gaon did not stop to learn one minute of his life. Before he died, they say, say Christ, and there's two hours in my life that I cannot remember what I did in it. Which means all my other life I learned Torah non-stop. The Gaon in Vilna, when he was nine, he knew the whole Torah by heart. Nine years old, like kids today play Game Boys. What do they know about their life? Two Mishnayot they cannot say when they're nine, especially here in America. In Israel, the kids know a lot, Baruch Hashem. But here, what do they know? Go to schools here. Go, take a nine years old. Tell me, tell me five Mishnayot by heart. He knows cards. He knows backgammon. He knows what? You name it. Everything he knows. Every Game Boy that comes, he knows. Everything, but he doesn't know Mishnayot. Every morning, Rav Chaim Ivolozhin, his student, which was a giant by himself, he said, I heard from his holy mouth, not rumors, directly, that every morning, next to his bed, the angels are waiting for him to wake up. As soon as he wake up and wash his hand, they begin to talk to him, let us teach you some deep Kabbalah secrets. And he turned them down. He said, no, my time will come to know it. I'll get it on my own. They said, let us teach you secrets here for what you're learning. We'll tell you the answers. We'll tell you where it goes to. We'll, we'll reveal to you a lot of the secrets of the Torah. He said, I'm not interested. I have to earn it on my own. The Rav Chaim Ivolozhin said about his Rebbe, Rabbi the Gaon Vilna, did not waste a minute of his life. Because he knew what he's doing here. You look at his face, fire comes out. The Torah say, when Moshe received the Torah, he came down, 
What happened to his face? Nobody could look in his face. From the light that came out. Ki karan or panav. Karan, you know, it's like a laser. It's like a, it's, you get blinded. You cannot look. Imagine you try to look at the sun. A second later, your eyes burn. You cannot see. This, this is the power of the Torah. I've seen few people in this world that you see the Shekhinah on their face. Ravolbi, he wrote the book, Alei Shur. He used to sit in a bus. If you look at his face, you see this, this face has the Shekhinah, for sure. There's plenty, Baruch Hashem. Today is not as many, but this is the power of the Torah. Amar Abiyanai, a person should never go into a dangerous place, even if he's the most righteous person in the world. Why? Ah, I teach thousands of people Torah. I have a problem walking in Harlem, two o'clock at night with a nice leather bag. What's the big deal? Hashem needs me here. He won't do anything to me. Protect me. Why? If Hashem will make a miracle for you, He takes away from your credit for it. You're paying for it. It's credit. If you have trillion rewards waiting for you, they just took five away. They just took 50 away. Depend on how big is the miracle. Depend what risk you took. On a highway, this, all kinds of things. Plus, if a person is on the way to do mitzvah, he has a special protection. When, when, when it's ordinary, it's natural, which means if he goes to a not ordinary place, like a war zone, people shooting, and he enters there, even though he's on the way to a mitzvah, don't count on the nest, you can die there. Hashem didn't want you to die today. You enter the battle, people are shooting, they have a warning, don't enter military area. You enter, you got killed because of yourself, and you are going to be judged as a murderer, as a reckless murderer, for murdering yourself. Why? Torah did not give permission to go to places like this. We're not talking you a doctor, you're coming to save lives. Just one, uh, you go, you're going uh, from, uh, from Israel, let's say from Jerusalem, you go to Be'er Sheva and you want to go through Gaza or Jericho, I don't know, I don't know the locations. You want, like when I was there now, they changed the entire roads, you know, plenty of new highways. So obviously I needed a GPS. I don't know all the roads, where they're leading, where they're connecting. So the GPS in Israel is a big risk. I hope everyone who would hear me will, will learn from my experience. The GPS is like trying to do his best to get you into the Arab villages. I go from Afula to Tel Aviv, he tells me, make a left. I see a big sign, Baka El Garbia. I went there, I wouldn't be here now. I say to myself, what should I believe, the GPS or the sign? I say, I'm not making a left. Let's continue straight. I go another three kilometers. It says, make a left again. Again, Baka El Garbia, from a different side. Try to get me into this place that you go there in alive, you don't come alive. Why? They keep changing the roads. It's old maps, the satellites, whatever. I don't know what's the reasons. Or in a highway, keep telling you, make a U-turn, make a right, make a left. Yeah. You're on a highway, it's very scary. I mean, you don't know what's going on. When you get the nest, you are paying for the nest. Now I will finish with one last story, and then, Ezrat Hashem, the next, next time, we'll continue from here. We're still in Masechet Ta'anit. 
In a time when all the Jews went up to Yerushalayim, the three festivals, the three holidays, all the male for older than 13 goes to Yerushalayim to celebrate the holiday there. The women can also go, but who is obligated? Bar Mitzvah and older. No. And there was no water. No water. Nothing to drink. Alach Nakdimon Ben Gurion. Not David Ben Gurion. Nakdimon Ben Gurion. There's a big difference between the two. He went to the Hegmon. Hegmon is one of the Roman millionaires that lives there. He told him, I want to borrow from you 12 pools of water. They used to store water in pools, rainwater, well water, whatever. For all the people who come to Yerushalayim, there's not going to be water for them to drink. Thousands of people coming every hour. Where are they going to get water? It's not like today you have faucets. You need wells. You need lakes. You don't have in Yerushalayim. You need storages of water. He said, I want to make a deal with you. Whatever coup cost, I'll pay. But I need 12 pools full of water. They agree on 12 kikrot kesef. Let's say $12,000 today, just to give us an idea. For all the water, for all the people. No, fine. When are you going to pay? I'm giving you the water. When is the... There's no 60 days, 90 days. <laughs> Gotta pay, no? They agree. He said to him like this. If by the time I have to come and pay you, it won't rain, I'm paying you. But if it will get full again, then Hashem pays you. You don't need my money. <laughs> so the guy is laughing at him. <laughs> What's the chance it's going to rain? It's not raining so easy there. The day arrived, in the morning he sent him a messenger. Where is my money? He sent him a, a message, I still have my whole day. There's no rain yet. In the afternoon he sent another messenger. He said, well, I still have a few hours. In Mincha, half an hour before sunset, the guy was laughing. He said, look at this Jew. Whole year I'm waiting, we're waiting for rain, there's no rain. Now, in the last half an hour, it's going to be rain. No. He went into the shower. There was a public shower. He goes in. He's very happy. He goes into the water. And Nakdimon, that knows he has to pay fortune now for the, for the water, he goes into Bet HaMidrash, Bet HaMikdash, into the holy temple, and started to pray. And he was upset. So it says, Nit'ataf ve'amad betfilah. By the way, from here we learn something very interesting. You know, there's a difference between Sfaradim and Ashkenazim when it comes to Shliach Tzibur. Every Ashkenazi shul you go, Shachrit, Mincha, Arvit, a person who prays for the public puts a talit. Sfaradim is only in Shachrit, we have talit, so whoever gets the, 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 to be a Shliach Tzibur, he goes with talit. Mincha and Arvit, we don't put. The Yemenite also put talit. That's the right custom, like the Ashkenazim. Where do we learn it? Two places in Igmara. One time when speaking about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu nitatef kmo shliach tzibur. Hashem covered himself with the talit like a shliach tzibur. See a source from the Gemara that shliach tzibur must have a talit. And here is the second place. Here it's right, the Gemara says to you, Nakdimon went to Bet HaMikdash to pray, he covered himself with the talit. You see two sources.
I don't know, I don't have the answer why the Sfaradim Minhag is not to put. But the right thing to do is really to put Talit. We learn it from a few places here. So, Nit Ataf ve'amad betfila. He comes and stands in front of Hashem. Here, it's not such a good proof because he wasn't Shliach Tzibur. He prays for himself. No. But over there, it says clearly, Nit Ataf Hashem kmo Shliach Tzibur. Like a chazan. Amar lefanav ribono shel olam, master of universe, you know that everything I did, I did not do for myself, I did for you. All the people will come, they will be thirsty in a holiday, they come to Bet HaMikdash. I did not do for my father, I did for you. Right away, it got cloudy and the rain started. Right away. Imagine the people that we had 2,000 years ago. The lakes... The pools got completely full, and there was water dripping out. The guy is standing over there, he can't believe it. The guy comes out of the mikveh, out of the, the public shower. He sees that the pools in one hour became completely full, pouring rain. Nakdimon came out of Bet HaMikdash, he walks and he walks. They met each other. He told him, give me the change. You have to pay me now two, three thousand dollars for the extra water that you have in the reserve pools. The, le- the leftover goes to the reserve pool. <laughs> so the guy say, I know that your God interfere with nature only for you. I'm not a fool, the guy say. But I still have a claim against you. You still have to pay me my money, the guy say. Why? It happened after the sunset, few minutes after the sunset. Sunset was at 4.30, it happened 4.35. Nagdimon said, okay, give me 10 minutes. He went back into the shul, started to pray again. He got sunny again. The guy, sunny. It's like the clouds covering the, the, the sun. The sun came out. He said, what sunset? Look at the sun. <laughs> <laughs> But the way he asked it from Hashem is very interesting. First time he said, you know, I didn't do for me, I did for the public, it helped. Now it says something else. What did he say? Ribono shel olam, hoda sheyesh lecha ahuvim berolamach. Please tell the world that there are people that you love. You're doing favors for them. Miyad nitpazru ahavim, all the clouds disappeared and the sun came out again. Amar HaEgmon, the guy said, If the sun wouldn't come out, you would have to pay me. I wouldn't leave you alone. Now when the sun came out, I'm speechless. And the Gemara said, why? His name was Nakdimon. Why everybody, you know, why his name Nakdimon? His name wasn't really Nakdimon. His real name was Buni. Buni. But everybody called him Nakdimon. Why? That the sun ran to accept him. Like you will, somebody that you love coming in a train, as soon as the train stops, you run quickly. Where is he? Right? Like in the airport. You're looking for a tenure. So the sun, like, running towards him. So their, his name became Nakdimon. 
I think we're done, even though I had some problem in the beginning with the recording, the page that we missed before, I'm going to try to do it next, uh, next, maybe next week for five minutes, and then we continue. Next week, we're going to speak about, the Torah said that a person has to be soft, soft like a kane. Kane, you write mezuzot with that. Today they write with feather, but it's also kane. Kane, it's harder than the feather, but it's still very soft compared to other things. There's a tree called Erez, it's very hard. Kane, it's very soft. Person should be soft and not stubborn, not hard. Why? That's why we write Sifret Torah and this with something soft to teach us. You have to be humble, you have to give up, don't be stubborn, don't fight, don't go into arguments. Trust Hashem, leave something for Hashem. And they give some examples of a beautiful story here that we are, we're going to do it next week. And also the Gemara gives sgulot, secrets how to make life long. When I was in Belgium, I said, I spoke about finding your soulmate. And I said in a lecture, I said in a lecture, there's a list of things that prevent people from getting married. I don't have time to read you the list now, I said in a lecture. If you want that, you contact me after the lecture. I, I said, and I didn't know what I said. Since then, they, put, they posted on the website 48 hours ago. Every hour I get a few emails. Can you send me the list? What prevents people from getting married? There's so many thousands of singles, and they want to get married. And right, as soon as they say somebody said like this, they want to know why. Maybe I'm on the list. Maybe things on the list is because. So next week, Bezrat Hashem, I'm going to talk about what makes life shorter, and all kinds of other things that the, the Gemara gives a, a, a great advice. You know, and, they, and we learned from certain things that the Chachamim used to do. They asked them, what's your secret? What's the secret of your success? And they started to give few answers. It's very interesting. Don't miss next Wednesday. Please come on time, 8.30. I don't know why they wrote 8.45. It should be 8.30. I'm here always before 8.25. I'm here. As soon as people come, I start, but I don't want to wait until then. Thank you very much. Good night.